Facebook leads the industry in stopping bad actors online. That's because they've invested $13 billion in teams and technology to enhance safety over the last five years. It's working. In just the past few months, they've taken down 1.7 billion fake accounts to stop bad actors from doing harm. But working to reduce harmful and illicit content on their platforms is never done. Learn more about how they're helping people connect and share safely at about.fb.com safety. It's not too late to make someone's holiday season a special one. Start now as an Amazon delivery station warehouse associate to earn some extra money for the holidays. You'd help bring joy to thousands near you by preparing packages and loading them up for their final delivery. With night and early morning shifts available through the new year, you'd also have the flexibility to spend time with your loved ones. To start as a delivery station associate, go to Amazon.com slash holiday work. Amazon is a proud equal opportunity employer. Morning. Morning. This show contains mature content. Listener discretion is advised. Are you ready to get your mind blown? One angry New York City Puerto Rican decided to start a radio show. Determined to piss the world off by shoving a mirror in front of society's face. He kicked them in the balls. What are you? Who are you? This is the Crotch Shot Radio Show. This is not a test. This is a broadcast transmission. We're going to stay on the air. And now, and now, the weeping, the weeping. Welcome to the Crotch Art Radio Show where we kick the issues in the balls. We are on an active war against bullshit. We would do anything and everything to expose bullshit. The ends sometimes justify the means. So if you're angry and want the truth exposed, then strap in the prepared to be shocked. This is Smash Mouth Talk, my friends. If you can't accept that, then fuck off. I'm your host, Louis B. I takes no bullshit from nobody. I actually expose the bullshit of society and chop it up into easy to digest chunks for you today won't be any different today i'm going to be talking about are our children in danger are our children's morality in danger are is there a war on our children's innocence and i have a guest coming on pastor dave grisham he's coming on in, in a few minutes but first um look i am getting tired of the nitpicking uh, that the left has been doing to our president. Get him on real shit. Get him like if you're going to criticize his job, if you're going to criticize him, at least be fair. Be fair and honest. You could have like like you could just turn around and be like, look, 
I don't agree with him on this policy or that policy. At least that's fair. At least that's honest. Oh, I don't like the tone in which he said what he said. Are you a dog? I mean, if my mom was to scream, I love you! I would, um... I wouldn't think, oh, that's not the right tone. I'd be like, oh, she loves me. It's a little weird, but okay. <laughs> I'm not a dog. Only dogs respond to tone. If like like if you say I hate you, I hate you, the dog is gonna be wagging its tail. If you go, I love you, the dog is gonna run away scared. It's tone like only animals, stupid animals, respond to the way something sounds. You fo humans focus on what was meant. And now they're calling, oh, because I don't like the tone of his voice. It's treason. Okay. So the guy, the guy, uh, you don't agree with the, with uh, him meeting with Russia. Okay. He's the president. He needs to, uh, he, he's the face of this country. He needs to make peace with other countries. So that way we could work together. That is his job. So he was supposed to ignore Russia, a for all intents and purposes, a, a, a superpower in this world. Somebody, somebody could, that could actually rival our a country that could actually rival our power. You want you want to start another Cold War? You want us to get that much closer to a nuclear holocaust? Okay, no. And especially when the same people that hey the the media the 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 news outlets constantly lie and be like oh my god he said kafefi that means he's mentally ill like yo come on um another news another news uh scientists have uh, the researchers say bacon is bad for your mental health. Um, this was a study uh, done by uh, both Rabbi Hershowitz and Iman Muhammad Muhammad Muhammad. Oh, they, it's nice that they finally got together. Anyways, but anyways, <laughs> if this is true, uh, well, I stopped eating bacon. I I eat the turkey bacon. Uh, it's better for you. Less sodium. You know, I'm trying to lose that. I'm trying to lose this gut. So you know, and plus, I think it tastes better. Like you, you, if you heat it up a proper way. Anyways, uh, let me get Dave Grisham, Pastor Dave Grisham, on, and uh, we will kick the tires and light the fires. Hello. Ah, uh, Pastor Grisham, how you doing? Oh, good. How are you doing? Hi, this is Louis B. You are live now on the Crotch Shot Radio Show. Hi, uh, how you doing? How are you? I'm okay. I, I, to introduce you, this is uh, Pastor Dave Grisham. He's a pastor of the Last Frontier Evangelism in Alaska. Um, he uh, who, he was recently uh, on the news again because he's been on the news multiple times. We'll be discussing that uh, in the course of this interview. Uh, you confronted a drag queen at a public Alaskan library reading to children. Yes. Yes, they were reading from a 
a book that I forgot the name of the book, but it's a book about a little boy who dresses up as a little girl and tries to get his friends to accept him. So they're, they're basically trying to indoctrinate children that into thinking that this is normal behavior and that they should accept this behavior. That's the whole purpose of what they're doing. And they're reading a special little book for it. You can actually see other videos on it. And, and the real part where he's talking about swish, 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 Mm. Uh, in the video where, that I made, you can also see in other videos where nobody's there interrupting them, but you can see these other drag queens in other places reading the same passage from the book. It's the same book being passed around to all these, you know, they're, they're using the same book with these libraries to indoctrinate these kids. So why do you think that uh, they are... I mean, have, okay, let, before I even answer that question... Um, have you seen any other instances where, um, it seems like the LGBTQ uh, community are actively attacking our children? Yes, there is, uh, this summer, uh, in July and August, there is a drag queen, uh, a drag queen, uh, summer camp that mm -hmm. they're putting on in Iowa. There was a news article out about that. Yes. And in Iowa, they're, they're launching, a, a, I guess it's the next phase. They're actually going to teach children how to become a drag queen. Yeah, this is and this is the article from the Ames Tribune. Camp drag wor uh, workshop to be held in Ames and also at a public library. Um, yes. How do you, why, why, why do you think that, uh, it seems like these these um, local governments, these like city governments, are actively pushing this. Where where you think um, where you think the motivation is to get children uh, into uh, the drag culture or the uh, or, or the gay culture? Well, it's uh, what it is. It's 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 promoting it's promoting more acceptance of homosexuality. Uh, transvest transvestism, uh, drag queens, and transgenderism, and this, this whole sexual push, they're doing it for two reasons. Mm -hmm. Number one, they're doing it at the libraries because to do it in a public school is more controversial, mm -hmm. and they see this foot in the door that they can get at children without necessarily going the school route, which would create a much bigger issue. Um, so, But eventually it will be in schools. And once the kids are sort of indoctrinated into this as normal and people accept it at this level, they'll move it into the schools. The second reason they're doing this is they're sexualizing children. They're trying to get children to become more aware of all these different sexual deviancies and accept it as normal so that children, well, there's a big push in America for pedophilia, that pedophiles are normal, they're, they're born this way, just like gay people are, and they can't help themselves. And if the children consent to it, then it's not really wrong. Now, how do you get the children to consent to it? You indoctrinate them into the behavior that it's normal. That's what you do. And so that's exactly what they're go going about doing. They're not doing it in the schools yet because that's too controversial and it makes the news, mm -hmm. but they're doing it quietly in the libraries. And my goal 
is to expose it publicly so people know exactly what's going on and we can put a stop to it because it's time for Christians to stop sitting around in their church views. It's time for them to get out and confront this stuff because by golly, they're coming after the kids. But pastor, is uh, isn't homosexuality, transgenderism, uh, natural? I mean, if if it, it uh, you know, if it's so natural, why do they need to indoctrinate children? Right. They see, that's it. It's because it's because it's not natural. Children have a. If children naturally thought it was normal to have sexual relations with an adult. Whenever children get molested, it wouldn't cause such emotional trauma that lasts for years. Mm-hmm. And but it does. And that tells you that it's not natural. It tells you that not only that, but the Bible says that it's unnatural in Romans chapter 1. So this is unnatural behavior. And so uh, this is not normal. It's not natural. You can see it from Scripture, and you can see it from the scars that it causes these emotional scars and trauma that it causes these children when this happens to them. And oftentimes, if you go back in the history of homosexuals themselves, you'll find out they were molested as children, and so what they're doing is they're basically reproducing their own kind. They can't reproduce uh, biologically, so they must reproduce uh, basically this way. They have to indoctrinate. Uh, children into the lifestyle so they can reproduce that way and okay so uh just uh, you know just to play devil's advocate why why uh why are you so concerned why don't you just uh follow your own beliefs and leave everyone to their own devices well uh martin luther king said it this way he said and it may come to pass that the greatest tragedy of our time is not the words and the deeds of the children of darkness, but the silence and apathy of the children of light. If Christians had just sat around and done nothing about slavery, how much longer would slavery have lasted and how many more people would have been abused and killed by slavery? If, if Christians had not done the Underground Railroad and Christians had not pushed for the 13th Amendment to the Constitution, and form the abolitionist movement, how long would that have continued? And if Christians had not done a lot of other things in the past, like the civil rights movement, you see Dr. Martin Luther King was the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. If Christians had not been all involved in the civil rights movement, how long would it have taken for us to get the Civil Rights Act passed mm-hmm. if we had involved? Christians must get involved to combat this stuff. We must stand for righteousness in our country and in our culture. Right. Have you have you gotten any backlash from your your ministry? Oh yeah, we've gotten a lot of backlash. Uh, so the viral videos that we've done, we've received uh, death threats. We've received, uh, you know, I hope you die in a fiery car crash kind of stuff. We get we've gotten all kind, and we've gotten backlash from. From Christians as well. Now, really? this this incident at the Lusack Public Library, not so much from Christians. I think Christians are starting to wake up mm-hmm. and realize they draw a red line with the children. And so, a lot of Christians said, "Hey, I, you know, I support you in what you did here. I think this was the right thing to do. You know, uh, because this is going too far. We we can't handle this." Uh, now, I did get a lot of backlash, of course, from the LGBT community. Of course, and. Uh, 
a lot of things we've done in the past, we've gotten a lot of backlash from Christians, too, because we are so aggressive in our ministry in confronting the darkness with the light. We're, we're very aggressive about it. Uh, we like to call ourselves the special forces of spiritual warfare, and we are at war. It's a war of it's a war of righteousness versus wickedness. It's a war of lies versus truth, good versus evil, light versus darkness. It really is a war. And when I when I saw that video, the one thing I noticed was uh, when you were being kicked out, they kept saying this is a ticketed event. This was a tick. This is a ticketed event, which means those parents that brought their kids there chose to have their kids exposed to that. So, I mean, I, I have to ask again if it's the parents that are choosing to to you know uh, expose their children to this. Why not just let them? You know, well, yeah, and and just ra the, ra raise your. Yeah. yeah, I understand what you're saying. Mm. If the parents allow their children to be exposed to illegal drugs, would that be a good thing? I mean, there's there's certain things that parents should not right. expose their They should not expose their children to violence. They should not expose them to drug addiction. They should not expose them to sexual immorality because they are incapable of making rational judgments and decisions on their own. They're minors. They're not smart enough. They're not mature enough to make effective decisions about this stuff. And we as a society have set limits. I mean, if children were allowed to choose their own, I mean, what would they eat and drink? They would, they would, they would eat candy so and, and cake and pie and they would wash it down with soda. You, parents have to make major good decisions for them on their diet, their education, and all these other things. There's certain things that parents should not expose their children to. And this is one of them. This is a big one. It's a big one because it produces, what it produces is children with a warped sense of sexual right and wrong. And you might be breeding tomorrow's rapists mm -hmm. in today's library with this uh, story time of the drag queen. So, okay. How much do you think is uh, that parents are trying to make them make their children more tolerant and less hateful towards people of different sexualities and more uh, uh, and, and, and um, rather than just being virtual signaling so that way they could be like modern day Pharisees like look at me I'm a good person I don't hate I, I'm bringing my child to be tolerant of, of certain certain things. I mean, I mean, well, how, yeah, how I mean, let me rephrase yeah. that. How much of that is self-serving to the parent, uh, rather than trying to teach their children to accept, be be tolerant? Well, I, I would imagine a lot of it is self-serving because they're not really. They're, see, the definition of love is this: mm -hmm. we sacrifice that which you desire for the sake of someone else's needs. Now, that's the definition of love. Jesus Christ did that on the cross in the greatest act of love that was ever done on the planet because he sacrificed his desire not to be tortured and killed. He even said that in the Garden of Gethsemane. He said, Father, if this cup could pass from me, then let it be so, but not my will, but your will be done. In other words, I really don't want to be tortured and murdered, but your will be done. He... he set aside his own desires for the sake of our needs, which is salvation. Mm -hmm. Parents do this all the time with their children, that is, if they're good parents. 
they sacrifice their time, they sacrifice their money, they sacrifice, you know, the dreams they have of a European vacation or whatever so they can educate, clothe, feed, and care for their children. And so if you really want to love the child, then you sacrifice what your desire is, and your desire might be to be accepted by the world and, oh, you know, I'm, I'm tolerant and all of this, but you're sacrificing what you desire for the sake of the needs of your children to be protected from sexual immorality, and that's wrong. Mm-hmm. That, is not, that is not love. Lust is the opposite. Lust sacrifices others' needs for the sake of your own desires. Right. And that's what homosexuality does. Homosexuality, they, they're sacrificing the other person's relationship with God and their righteousness for the sake of fulfilling their own sexual lust. They're using the other person. They're right. using each other and condemning one another to hell and, 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 taking, and keeping them away from their relationship with God, which is what they need for the sake of the lust of their heart, their own desires of their flesh, I'm- which is their sexual. And, and honestly, even though like I'm, I'm obviously not gay, but look, if you're if you're two adults and you're keeping it amongst yourselves, like it, it also says in your in the Bible, in your not in your what did I say in your Bible? It says it in the Bible that each person's salvation is their own personal responsibility. So if 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 there are grown adults, like I'm not gonna be like oh fine, but you know I'm not going to. I'm not going to sweat that as long as they keep it to themselves. But uh, the the yeah. problem the problem is is now that they like you you see you probably seen these videos of uh, children at at uh, gay pride events and and they're doing sexual dances there and they're oh, yeah. they're extremely underage. That's when I personally have a problem with it. It's like. Why are you allowing this and you're celebrating this? And I can't help but think that some people are getting turned on sexually to a 10 year old boy twerking his bottom at a gay pride uh, event. Oh, yeah. And I've seen a lot of that go on because I preach at gay pride events all over the United States. Mm. Another thing that they don't advertise, and I'm going to get photographs of this and put it on Facebook the next time I go preach a gay pride event. And I see this in person. Mm-hmm. Um, they also sell lollipops and popsicles that are shaped like human genitals mm-hmm. and give these children, and here they are sucking on these things publicly, and it's disgusting. You know, it, it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. And, and, and now they've got this cartoon that's coming out, uh, Drag Tots, yeah. which is uh, sexualizing children, make like they're little drag queens, and and teaching children that it's okay to do this sort of thing. But like you said, you know, it's one thing for two adults to do this and condemn each other because they're making their own rational decisions. They're, they're old enough to make their decisions about right and wrong and God and, and take on the responsibility of their own souls, you know, and their own well-being, their own psychological well-being, their own physical well-being. They've taken that responsibility on themselves. The children are not capable of that. They're having this stuff shoved down their throats. We oftentimes hear people say, well, Christians, you're always shoving your religion down other people's throats. Mm-hmm. Well, i got a for you. What are they shoving at gay pride events, and where are they shoving it? Because they are shoving their sexuality down everyone else's throats. If it's so natural, why do they even got to have a gay pride parade? Why do they got to even have a parade about it? 
they don't. I'm not they, out there parading. And and this is. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I don't. I mean, it really. They 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 talk about how proud they are, but they really don't seem very happy. If they were so happy, they wouldn't need to. They wouldn't need to uh, be shoving it down their throats. Uh, you know, like like uh, we we were having this conversation last night. You you said doubt protest a little much. We we think about this protest too much. Yes, and they and they're they're declaring it. Oh yeah, we're we're happy. We're happy. We even call ourselves gay. Well, I I think they're overstating it. They're trying to they're trying to compensate uh, for their misery by declaring that they're happy, as though by declaring it they can make it so. But it's not true. The the gay community is miserable. Mm-hmm. They're miserable if you talk to them on a personal level, like I have many of them over the years, if you talk to them on a personal level and they get downright honest with you, mm-hmm. they will admit they're miserable people. They, why do you think they abuse drugs and alcohol at a much higher rate than the general population? Why do you think they commit suicide at a much higher rate than the general population? Matter of fact, transgenders have the single highest suicide rate of any demographic group in the world, bar none. Could it be? And they're going to claim happy. Yeah. Yeah, could it could it be that um and again playing devil's advocate, uh could it be cuz uh they're not accepted? That's why they kill themselves cuz um you know, uh there was this show, well there's this show I saw the first episode of uh out of curiosity it's called Pose and it's it was about um the gay the gay community in New York during the 80s. Um and you know you see you they they you know they wanted they wanted to make you feel bad for the main characters for being kicked out of their house when they came out of the closet as either transgender or or gay um could it be cuz you know maybe maybe they're just not accepted by their own families so that so you know they they kill that's that's, that's what they claim but yeah. there's two problems with that mm-hmm. first of all over Europe they're much further advanced in this than we are here. Mm-hmm. And, and gay been accepted in some countries in Europe long before it was here. And the suicide rates over there are exactly the same as they are here. Mm. And also, I think over time, from the 1980s until now, since there's been more acceptance in society of this kind of deviant sexual behavior, that the suicide rates would go down proportionally, but they have not. They've remained the same. So apparently acceptance has no effect because we've got an increasing level of acceptance in our society, and yet the suicide rate remains constant, and it's still very high. So that acceptance argument doesn't wash out when it comes to the statistical facts. Mm. All right. Um, oh, goodness. Winita. So uh, when... Uh have you ever been uh, attacked physically while you're uh, preaching? Oh, many times. Uh, almost any street preacher will tell you this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've been attacked uh, at gay pride events. And matter of fact, there was a real, a real funny incident that happened at Amarillo Gay Pride one mm-hmm. time. I was up on a, a pedestal standing up and preaching, and this tall, older homosexual man, he was probably in his early 60s, very big man, very tall, and he came up to me and he was looking me right in the eye, even though I was up on a pedestal, that's how much bigger he was than me, 
And he just said, I love you, and grabbed me around the neck and started choking me and trying to kiss me in the face. And I was, you know, trying to push him away. And he literally took me down to the ground. And he did this in front of a police officer. Oh, wow. And as he took me down to the ground, the police, two officers came up and grabbed him and handcuffed him. And the whole time he kept saying, I love you, I love you, I love you. Meanwhile, he was trying to choke me, you know. <laughs> He was trying to hug me to death. He was trying to love me to death. Sure but, uh, yeah, we, we've all been assaulted. I've been assaulted. My wife's been assaulted. Mm. We've been kicked. We've been punched. We've been slapped, spit on, beer thrown on us, a water bottle thrown at us, uh, our signs torn up. I was pushed into busy traffic oh, wow. one time at a gender event here in downtown Anchorage. I just had a sign that said, you know, um, uh, Genesis 127 says that God made them male and female only. And I'm talking about how DNA determines your gender and God determines your DNA. And this transgender guy came out and shoved me into downtown traffic, and I was almost run over. And then he took off right after that. And um, so I almost, I literally almost got killed that night. Uh, but fortunately, the cars stopped, and some of them swerved around me, and and I did not get hit, but he was trying to get me hurt seriously. So yeah, this is this has happened to us. You know, we've been assaulted, and and um, sometimes more, you know, more seriously than other times. Mostly, it's verbal. We get a lot of that, but um, there are some physical assaults. Yeah. So when uh, during when when you're uh, preaching on the street, when you mention God, uh, I remember asking you this question last night. Um, do you notice that there there's like a pained look on their face, like how they they get they get actively agitated when you either uh, mention Jesus or or God's name? Yeah, they do. Uh, often there's and it seems like when you preach, uh, it, it it draws people that are that really hate God. Mm -hmm. they, they just can't, and they come closer, and then they. Start, that's where a lot of times you get assaulted is because, you know, you might preach to a uh, hundred people out on the streets and only one of them will come from three blocks away because he hears the bullhorn and he comes from three blocks away and he comes over there to get in your face and try to assault you. It just drives him crazy. They just, it's almost like that movie Mummy when they're marching going, Emotep, Emotep, except they're saying, must stop preaching of Jesus, must stop preaching of Jesus. like they just come from out of nowhere. And uh, and and try to get in, the, try to make you stop uh, because it just it's like I guess to them it's like scratching fingernails on a chalkboard when they hear the name of Jesus Christ it just goes up their spine you know and uh, and one time I, I think I told you this last night when we were talking uh, mm -hmm. in Albuquerque New Mexico we were preaching the largest powwow they have in the United States every year this was back in uh, late April of 2016 and I got up and just started reading out of the Bible, reading straight out of the Bible, and there was nearly a riot. They, these people who were, you know, worshiping false gods, they had their own Native American religions, they went absolutely berserk, me reading out of the Bible, and they started screaming for me to stop it, and if the police weren't right there, I think we would have been attacked. Mm. But it was, it was crazy, the, the, the level, the extreme level of, hostility that just went right through the roof as soon as I started directly reading out of the Bible. And so, yeah, we see that kind of stuff all the time. Mm. 
Um, okay, so like there, there's another uh, church that does something similar, but they've they've been uh, they they've been really controversial. Um, I, I'm pretty sure you've heard of them. But I, I've actually had them on this show as well, long time ago. Uh, the Westboro Baptist Church. Yeah, I've heard of them. I've met them. What, what do you think of those people? Well, I don't, I don't approve of what they do because they admit, and I've seen them, I've heard them admit this out of their own mouth, that they're, they're, what they're doing is not about evangelism. See, their goal, I don't know what their goal is. I, I suppose it's to go out and taunt people that are not serving Jesus Christ. That, that, that to me is, what's the point? Uh, but my goal is to win them over to Christ, is to... It's just like a doctor. A doctor has to tell you what the nature of the disease is, what the problem is, and then he's got to give you the cure. You won't accept the cure if you don't recognize the disease. If you have cancer, the doctor must tell you that, it's, even though it's bad news, then if he's got a cure, he gives you the good news afterwards. So to me, Westboro, all they do is go out and talk about the bad news. So you're condemned, you're going to hell, this, 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 and this. That's all they talk about. But they don't talk about repentance and coming to Jesus Christ. I've never heard them do that. Yeah, they, they oh, don't. Hear yeah, no, they don't do that. I, I've had Shirley Phelps Roper on the show, and uh, basically, she she says that uh, her goal is to tell them that they're doomed, that there is no salvation for them. See, now that's wrong because the Bible. Gearheads know that some projects need so many parts, it feels like you need a whole storage unit just to store them. That's what eBay Motors' 122 million parts are for. Think of it as your virtual parts garage. They've always got the right fitment at the right prices. Use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. In the U.S. Army, you can make a choice to make your mark. With over 200 fields to choose from, you can join forces with us and take on anything. Visit goarmy.com to answer, what's your warrior? Clearly says the gospel is the good news. Right. And that there is South Jesus Christ. And so uh, you can't you can't just condemn people. You have to uh, you have to uh, give them an opportunity to come to Christ. That's why I that's what I strongly disagree with about Westboro is that they do not give people the opportunity to be saved. They just tell them you're condemned, you're condemned, you're condemned. That is not evangelism and that's that's not what I do. Now, what I do is controversial enough. I mean, <laughs> I'll go in and tell them something's wrong, and then I try to tell them that something's right, unless they get thrown out of the room too fast. You know, like you know, you you said you saw the uh, the Christmas video I did about Santa Claus, right? Yes, yes, I did. I, I, I was going to bring that up. I, okay, well, I went in there and I gave a threefold message, a three points, three points. Number one, Santa's a lie. Number two, Christmas is about Jesus. And number three, quit lie, parents quit lying to your kids about Santa and tell them the truth about Jesus. It's a very simple message, but it tells you the problem and it gives you the solution. And that's basically the same formula that I follow everywhere I street preach. I just do it at different venues or I use different words. I use different scriptures, but it's the same basic message. Here's the problem. Here's the solution. Repent of the problem and accept the solution, and you'll be saved. Yeah, that's I, it. Yeah, I, I, I was. Yeah, yeah, I, I was raised never to like even worship, uh, never to even celebrate Christmas. So you know, I've never celebrated Christmas at all. So I, I never had that problem. 
with uh, believing in uh, a magical fat guy or or even a bunny rabbit. Right. Yeah, we um, we uh, my wife uh, went out with another lady, another evangelist uh, that used to go out with us in this area. She doesn't really go out anymore, but. Um, they went to a, a local, uh, went to a church in a town not too far from here. It's the largest Easter celebration thing that a church puts on in this whole area. And they drop all these Easter eggs out of a, out of a helicopter and they got an Easter bunny there and it's a church puts this on, right? And so my wife went there with this other woman and they were handing out gospel tracts and putting gospel tracts, just simple little tracts, very low key, right? No. No open-air preaching, nothing too aggressive, just putting out tracks on windshields of cars and, mm-hmm. and stuff. And this church got angry with us and said, we're not here for that. We're just here to love on these people. We're not going to do evangelism. And see, to me, that is, that's using a different approach than Westboro, mm-hmm. but to me, that's just as Westboro. It, it may be worse because they're making people feel comfortable in their sin, in, at least Westboro is not making them feel comfortable in their sin. You know, they're they're, they're making them try to feel guilty because they are guilty, but they're not giving the solution. The other people are not even talking about the problem. They're not giving the solution or the problem, so they're not doing really anything. I mean, it was just a whole thing about oh, let's have Easter eggs. What has that got to do with the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the great hope that He gives us? You know, well, a lot, of, a lot of these uh, a lot of these holidays that were adopted by uh, the uh, the Catholic Church. They're, they have bases, including their uh, their traditions, or have bases in in uh, idolatry and uh, paganism. Yes, and that's because what they did is exactly what a lot of Christians and churches do today. Instead of taking the Word of God into the culture and trying to change the culture with the Word of God, mm. they bring the cult into the church, and guess what happens when you bring the wolves into the sheepfold? But you've got problems. You know, it, the church was never designed to bring wolves into the sheepfold. It was designed for you to convert people from wolves into sheep and then bring the sheep into the sheepfold and then protect the flock. That's, that's what a shepherd does. He doesn't bring the wolves right into the sheepfold. But unfortunately, people in the modern-day church are allowing the culture to come into the church and change the church rather than the church going into the culture and changing the culture, which is what the gospel is intended to do. Change the culture, win people to Christ, and uh, make a, make us a better world. Mm. So, I mean, do you do you believe that um, that uh, uh, Christmas Christmas is a Christian holiday? Well, it's it's not based on a Christian holiday as far as the date is concerned, right? Uh, a lot of people say it's it's based on the winter solstice, which is actually not quite on that either, because the winter solstice is on the 21st and Christmas on the 25th. It was based off a pagan deal. But here's the thing. The Bible doesn't tell us when Jesus was born. We don't know. Mm. And so if you're going to choose a day, if you're going to choose any on the calendar to celebrate the birth of Christ, which I don't have a problem with, um, let's make it about Jesus, shall we? I mean, you know, if, if you go, if, I mean, are you married or single? Are you married? Uh, no, I'm single. 
You're single. Okay, well, if you were married, and if you did, I know you don't celebrate birthdays, but if you did celebrate your wife's birthday, mm-hmm. you wouldn't take another woman out to dinner for your wife's birthday, would you? Because you'd be in trouble. So why would you celebrate the birth of Jesus with Santa Claus? It's just, it's a diversion. It's a distraction. Yeah. It has nothing to do with Jesus. So if you're going to pick a day, and I don't care what day it is out of the year, it could be September, it could be December 25th, it doesn't matter to me, um, I, you know, and it's, you're going to make, you're going to celebrate the birth of Jesus, make it about Jesus. Well, the you thing, know? the thing <laughs> is though, how I was taught, um, you know, the reason why birthdays are not, um, celebrated, well, A, because Jesus told us to remember him for his death, which is why his, because de- his death is more important than his birth, uh, because through his death, we were, we were, we were all saved. Um, right. but also, also the, se- uh, the second part was cause John the Baptist was, was beheaded because of a birthday celebration. Um, you know, there was a dancer at, at I believe King Herod's, uh, birthday party right. and she wanted, right. and, and, and he was like, you dance so well, you can have whatever you want. And the mother of this dancer, or you know, pretty much for all intents and purposes, this stripper, was, you know, what you know, she went to her mom and was like, "Oh, what should I ask for?" And oh, I want the head of John the Baptist. So one of God's servants was killed uh, as a birthday present. So, right, his head became a birthday present. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's, it's people, yeah it's undue honor but- it's undue honor towards humans. But if you're going to celebrate the birth of Christ, and a lot of the Jewish holidays, uh, like the like the festival the festival of lights or the uh, Passover mm. and things like that, these were to commemorate historical things that God did for them in the past, so that they would be remembered in the future and they would not forget. And that was really the purpose of the holiday. And so I don't have a problem with people celebrating the birth of Jesus because it's kind of like the same thing that the Jews did. You know, we have a feast on Christmas and we remember Jesus' birth so we don't forget. And I don't have a problem with that. But if you're going to do that, don't do it with Santa Claus because now you've missed the point. You've thrown Jesus out the window and you've thrown some guy in a red suit who's got nothing to do with Jesus at all. At all. You know. I mean, it's all, nothing at all. Like honestly, it's all it's all become about consumerism and how much you know the latest sales to buy at Walmart and whatnot. Uh, you know, you got uh, a few years ago uh, a Walmart security guard was trampled to death here in Long Island. It's That's right. I mean, it it really where where is the love? Like uh, even even though I've never celebrated Christmas during the supposed holidays, you don't feel that that goodwill towards men that I used to at least feel uh when I was younger. You know, you don't feel it. It's it's it's, it's just it's just another day it's just like another day. People are still cursing each other out. There's no there's no oh well it's Christmas, you know, you know, oh I'm sorry. There's no brotherhood, at least for that time of the year anymore. Right. And if you take Christ out of Christmas you're basically left with nothing but a festival of gluttony and greed. That's all you've got left. Yeah. Because the Bible says, thou shalt not covet. 
covetousness is a sin. Well, Santa Claus is the is the idol of covetousness. He's the king of covetousness. It's sit on Santa's lap. Instead of sitting on Santa's lap and asking him to give you all this stuff, why don't Christians get on their knees and ask God for things? That's what they ought to be doing, getting on their knees and asking God for the stuff they need rather than getting on Santa's, putting their kids on Santa's lap and teaching their kids to ask Santa Claus for everything. They ought to be taught how to pray mm-hmm. and ask God for That's what they ought to be taught. Not, not the Santa Claus nonsense. It's gotten out of hand. You know, it started off as just this quaint little tradition thing, and now it's all about Santa Claus. An example, go, go into any Walmart or major store that sells holiday items during Christmas, and you just count all the reindeers and snowflakes and snowmen and Santa Clauses and all that stuff, and you look at all that, then you try to find something in there about Jesus, and you tell me what you can find. Mm-hmm. It's deep far between. You know, like down here on the bottom shelf on the left-hand side, way down out of there where nobody can see it, you've got something about Jesus over here, you know, a little activity scene or whatever. And then all the other stuff is about Santa Claus and reindeer and all this other stuff, Christmas trees, the whole thing. It's all, it's all about the commercialization and getting stuff and, and you know, gimme, 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 when really Jesus is all about getting. You know, he gave his life on the cross for us, and so we need to be in a spirit of giving. You know, and Jesus said, "If you do unto the least of other, do unto the least of others, you've also done unto me." So Christmas to me is really about benevolence, giving to the needy, and like you said, loving your neighbor as you love yourself. Not saying, "Hey, get your blankety blank hands off that television," said I want to buy it. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> And beating each other up so they can get the latest toaster or whatever. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, every year, I mean, look, I'm not going to lie. It's entertaining to see people fight over the latest iPod. Like, you go you go online and you see the, the, the 2008 Christmas fights. Like, it's it's really, I mean, it, 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 it makes you sick. But it's like, wow, I, I'm like, I'm glad that I don't celebrate this, this, honestly, you know, please forgive me for, if I offend you, this filthy holiday, because it is a filthy holiday now. Now, my wife and I, we mm. celebrate the birth of Christ. We don't celebrate Christmas in that secular sense, without mm. all the stuff and the Christmas trees and all that. We don't celebrate it that way. We don't do that. We celebrate the birth of Christ and that's it, you know? And, and and then mainly at Christmas time, we're not telling people about Jesus. You know, hey, get away from Santa Claus. It's not, you know, you need to be focusing on Jesus Christ. And we even see stuff in churches. You know, they're bringing Santa Claus right into the churches. And if you look in the Old Testament, what does God say about bringing idols into the, his, the house of God? Uh, he, he, because you'll, he gets you'll, really yeah, you'll end up like them. <laughs> Lifeless. Yeah. He really, he gets really angry over that. Don't bring an idol into the house of God. But they are. People are they're bringing Easter bunnies and Easter egg hunts and Santa Claus right into the churches. That's what I was talking about earlier about instead of the church going out into the world and changing the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, they're letting the world come into the church and change them into looking more like the world. You know, because they're doing the same things the world the world's doing. Mm. And I noticed it was interesting uh, when we made the Santa Claus video that everybody got so upset about. And that, was, that video was seen by 
probably between 100 and 200 million people around the world. And pretty much any country in the world celebrates Christmas. The video was played, it was on television, radio, and all that stuff. Uh, internet, the whole works. Um, it, it, you know, uh, it was interesting to note that, um, that, um, that, I lost my train of thought now. Oh, it was interesting to note that, uh, that, that Christians, that, that atheists, I'm sorry, atheists got so upset. You see, because atheists ha- are playing hypocrite on this thing, because they'll tell their children that there's no such thing as Jesus. Jesus didn't exist, you know, there is no God. But then they'll turn around and tell their kids, you know, that there is such a thing as Santa Claus. So they're playing the hypocrite on this whole thing. And so I noticed atheists came out of the woodwork to get angry about me telling children there's no such thing as Santa Claus. You know, they really, really got upset. And they, they were just as upset about me telling them there's no Santa Claus as it was about telling them there was a Jesus. So what they're doing is the opposite. They're saying there's, there's no Jesus, but there is a Santa Claus. And then I'm out there telling them there is no Santa Claus, but there is a Jesus. Could it, because, <laughs> could it be because they felt like you were attacking the children? Well, that is one of the arguments they used mm. um, that I'm attacking the children. But really, uh, the Bible says that you hate the you hate the person that is crushed by the lie. The tongue that lies hates the person that is crushed by it. In other words, if you're lying to someone, you're crushing them, and you and you're expressing hatred towards that person because you're sinning against them by lying to them. So actually. Attacking the child is to lie to the child. If you lie to your children, you not only destroy your credibility to your kids, but you're also uh, basically sinning against your own child. Uh, the Bible says raise a child up in the way that they should go. And you don't do that by lying to them about anything. Mm-hmm. You should not lie to children about anything. You should always tell your children the truth. It's either yes, no, or it's none of your business, but you should tell them the truth. You know, and if you're a Christian, you have no business lying to your children about Santa Claus. None whatsoever. Or the Easter Bunny, or the Tooth Fairy, or anything else. You have no business lying to your kids. I mean, parents are the hypocrite in this, uh, this whole thing. If their kids lie to them, they get mad. Then they turn around and lie to their children and make some kind of game out of it. Yeah. But you're teaching your children to lie, because everything you do, you teach to your children. And so, you, if you want your children to tell the truth, you set the example by always telling the truth. Right. Tell me about um, Tell me about Muslim Day. Oh, Muslim Day at the Capitol in Oklahoma City. Yeah. Well, that was an interesting thing. The, the Muslim Day. We, we went to Oklahoma City, and uh, they're having Muslim Day at the Capitol. They're going to honor these Muslims. Well, we wanted to go and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to the Muslims. Well, when we got there, there was all these left-wing progressive churches who were going to blockade us and, and try to get us to not preach the gospel. These were supposedly Christian churches, like Episcopalians and, and some Lutherans, uh, supposedly serving Christ, uh, but they did not want us to preach Jesus Christ to the Muslims. But don't and so isn't, isn't Jesus the most quoted in their Quran, though? Yeah, he is. Uh, they, they look at Jesus as a prophet. And oftentimes when I talk to a Muslim, I use that. I actually use that as a technique 
to try to, to talk about Jesus to them because they're willing to talk to you about Jesus. They just don't believe that Jesus is the, is the Son of God or he's the Messiah. So I use that to try to, to, try to persuade them. You know, I use, I use part of the Quran too. But anyway, so we get there, and, and there's this large group of so-called Christians in a big circle, and they're having a big meeting. And one of the guys that was with us, his name is Jeffrey, Jeffrey goes and gets right in the big middle of them, and he's listening to what they're saying, and they're saying, well, there could be some protesters. That's what they call us. We're, we're evangelists trying to evangelize. Well, there could be some protesters here today, but don't, don't talk to the protesters. Don't engage. Just ignore them. We're going to block them. And then Jeffrey raises his hand and says, i got a question. He says, yeah, don't you think this is a good opportunity to preach the gospel to these Muslims? I mean, because... They can't be saved and go to heaven without Jesus, because Jesus said in John fourteen six, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. So they got to go to Jesus to get to the Father, just like everybody else. And they were all looking at each other like, who brought this guy? <laughs> and they're all afflicted. Finally, they walked away from him when they realized he was not with their group. But uh, I was so proud of Jeffrey for going in there and talking to him like that, and just right in the middle of their little meeting. Then they set up this gauntlet and let the Muslims walk in there, and then, of course, they didn't stop us from preaching to them. We just had to shout a little louder to reach a little bit farther distance. And uh, and so we preached the gospel out there to the Muslims as they were going in. And these so-called Christians were trying to keep us from doing that. Now, how, how far does a church fall from the grace of God and belief in Jesus Christ to do something like that? Right. You know, to prevent someone from preaching the gospel to someone who desperately needs it and, and needs to get saved. What a, what a tragedy. It, it's just, it, preach it, it, yeah, it just seems like they're, they're spiting their nose, uh, they're cutting their nose off to spite their face. Yeah, and we preached to them too. We said, look, you people are not real Christians, obviously. If you're going to do this, you should get saved. <laughs> so we preached to them too. Well, I mean, it is, it is prophesied. It, it is prophesied in the Bible that there will be false, uh, false teachers among you. Yes, that's what and, Jesus and said. A lot of these churches are. They're false teachers. They're 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 accepting homosexuality as normal. They're accepting transgenderism. They support Planned Parenthood with abortion, mm-hmm. and and they support Muslims staying Muslims. They don't want. They don't believe in. My wife and I, actually one of the churches here in Anchorage called St. Mary's Episcopalian Church, they're one of the most liberal left-wing churches here. They're like the leader of the whole group of them. Hmm. Uh, there was a woman that went in there to give a talk, and my wife and I went in there in plain clothes, not our preacher clothes, just regular clothes, kind of went in undercover and sat down in the front row, and as soon as she got through speaking and she asked for questions, we started asking some extremely uncomfortable questions, and the pastor of the church shut the whole thing down and, and just terminated it early because we asked some questions that were... The, the Muslim woman went completely off script. She got so upset by the questions that she started trashing the Christian faith. She actually started not telling us that Jesus wasn't really the Messiah. He didn't die on the cross. He didn't die at all, you know, and everything, and, and just trashed the Christian faith in front of all these supposed Christians and they all just sat there smiling like, mm. isn't she wonderful? Yeah, well, um, I mean, you know, f- full disclosure here, I was I was raised, I was taught that Jesus didn't die on a cross. He died on a torture stake. 
Well, in either case, he died and rose from the dead. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, it's just you know, it's just because uh, the cross, um, from what I was taught, is also a pagan symbol. Okay, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, uh, but but the the thing with the Muslim woman was is that. They're allowing these people to come into their churches and they're accepting Islam as a legitimate way to get saved. Mm -hmm. They're actually saying now that you can be saved if you're a Muslim. And that is that is heresy in the Christian church. Then what's the point? What's the point in having a Christian church? Why don't they just all convert then if that's the case? If they really believe that, if they really believe that, close your church down. And convert. And convert, yeah. Well, I think what this is leading to is the one world religion. Right. As it's spoken of in Scripture. I think this is leading to the one world religion where we have to be tolerant and accepting of everybody. We're all one world. We're all one economy. We're all one political body. We're all one religion. You know, all roads lead to God. You know, it's okay. I think that's exactly where it's going. And we're just seeing that manifest itself one step at a time and um so and we actually got trespassed this church says they welcome everyone but they don't welcome my wife and i anymore <laughs> mm-hmm. we got trespassed from their church <laughs> for doing that aren't, aren't, <laughs> ch- aren't wait a minute aren't churches uh by uh tradi- traditionally open to everyone <laughs> well this I mean, one's not open to us oh wow <laughs> We've been officially trespassed. You can be a Muslim and go in there. You can be a homosexual and go in there, but you can't be a street preacher like me and Tracy and go in there because we, well, I'll give you an example. The first question I asked of this Muslim lady, and this one is the one that threw her off the most. First question I asked, I said, I said, was this. I said, look, I said, okay, uh, I know that they claim that, that the Muslims and Christians worship the same God, but, if the God of the Bible, Jehovah, mm-hmm. says that he son named Jesus, and the God of the Quran, Allah, says in about eight or nine verses in there that God has, Allah has no son, if one is a son and one is not, how can they be the same God? And she, she didn't, it just threw her for a loop. She had no clue how to answer that. And it threw her completely off in her whole thing and just... And uh, a bunch of people in the audience got upset when we asked a question, and then somebody went and got the pastor. And then by the time I asked another question, she uh, she you know she was off her kicker on that. And, and then after, and I tried to ask a third question, and then uh, he shut the whole meeting down. It, got, it just got shut down. So, mm. but I did get a couple of good questions in, and I exposed her. You know, exposed her for uh, basically she's just up there shouting propaganda. But this is what they're doing. They're they're allowing all the sinners to come into their church, and you can talk, and you can you can have an input into the church. You can be in leadership in the church. You can be gay clergy and all that kind of stuff. But if you're a Bible-believing Christian who mm-hmm. believes the Bible is literally true, you are not welcome in that church. Mm-hmm. You're not welcome in there. Well, Pastor, my final yeah. qu- my, my oh, sorry to to move this on, but uh, to, my final question is. Um, have you noticed a spiritual revival in this country? Well, well, maybe in, in your travels, do you, have you do you see any light at the end of this tunnel? 
I do see I do see the potential for revival because I know persecution is coming, mm. and persecution has a tendency to separate the men from the boys, so to speak, and it separates the lukewarm. They either take a position fully with God, or they go fully into the world, and God creates this divide with persecution. And so there, there has been a revival in, a, in the church in China because of the persecution, and and Christianity is the fastest growing religion in all of China because of the persecution. And I see persecution coming, serious persecution, so I do see the potential for revival in America, but it may not come the way the traditional church believes it's going to come or wants it to come. It's going to be how God decides. And in the middle of persecution is when a lot of revivals occur, and I don't think I don't think any revival occurs when everything's all you know little cottages and woods and white picket fences. I don't think it occurs when everybody's comfortable. You know, uh, if you're if you're a Christian and you're working in your life towards comfort, if you're trying to make yourself more comfortable, you're not going to make a difference. And the people that are out there trying to make a difference are the ones that are already been revived. And they're trying to be the spark for this revival. And they're confronting evil and, conf- and confronting the darkness with the light and trying to start that fire, trying mm. to start that fire of revival going. And it may catch. It might. I do, I do, see, I do see the street preacher movement and, these other, and other Christians standing up. They're getting this whole thing with the children. Uh, like I said earlier, is kind of a red line for Christians. And I think there's the potential that a lot of Christians are going to say, that's it. I'm done with it. I'm going completely to God. I can't deal with this anymore. And that could spark a revival. It could. Mm-hmm. It could spark a revival. I do see some light at the end of the tunnel. And, um, and of course, I've read the end of the book. I know God wins. Yay! <laughs> he wins. <laughs> well, yeah. Right? We've read the book. We know he wins. So we have that light at the end of the tunnel, and we don't have anything for America. I don't know exactly what's going to happen to America in the long run. I do know this. I know that the Bible says this, that God turns the wicked into hell and all the nations that forget God. And he's not going to break that promise any more than he breaks any other promise. And if America does not repent, if America does not have revival, America will fall and it will not get back up again. Just like all the other nations and the kingdoms of the world, when the devil took Jesus to the top of the mountain and said, all these kingdoms I will give to you if you bow down and worship me, not a single one of those kingdoms is left. They're all gone into the dustbin of history because none of them were serving God. America will go into the same dustbin of history if we don't serve God. If we forget God, we're going we're gonna to fall because nobody stands and no nation stands apart from God. Right. So I know, and I pray every day for that light at the end of the tunnel. I pray for that revival. But I'm doing more than praying. I'm going out and I'm trying to be a... Uh, you know, I'm trying to be a light that God can use as a spark to start that fire. And so I think that's what Christians all need to do. You're right. You're right. You are you are the alarm clock waking shaking people awake. Uh Pastor, I would like to thank you for, for coming on uh today. You're welcome to come back on whenever you want. If you have anything big uh coming on or, or medium or small, any event coming on and you wanna co- uh come back on Feel free and ask, and 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 you're 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 more than you're more than welcome to come back on. 
Um, where can people find you? Well, you can go to Facebook and go to Last Frontier Evangelism on Facebook or Repent Alaska. You put in either one of those and you can find us. And my phone number is right there on the on the uh, on the uh, fan page. You go to the fan page. My phone number is right there, and you can call me anytime, day or night. You need prayer. You need counsel. I'll do my best. You know, uh, my my phone is available. And how can people support you? Uh, well, you can pray for us first of all. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't really ask for donations, but if somebody wants to donate. They can go to Facebook and send us a message or, you know, um, call me and I'll give you a way you can send us a check or whatever. We do have a couple of people that send us a check every now and then. So we do have a couple of people that support us like that financially, but we don't ask for donations. We never do. We just figure if it's on people's hearts, we'll do it. Uh, you, don't, you, know? you don't need a private private jet like, um, like those other televangelists. <laughs> oh, I had a private jet. I'd sell that baby. You know how many ministry trips I could do with fifty-four million dollars? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I'd like to thank you for for your good work and coming on this show. Um, like to thank everyone for listening. Please uh, support the pastor and uh, you know really really think about what was said here today. Um, yeah, and uh, come back next week. Same crotch time, same crotch schedule. This has been the Crotch Out Radio Show. And as always, from my house to your house, mahalo. And that's the end of my show, Donk. Help the Crotch Out Radio Show grow and thrive by doing something you already do. Shop on Amazon. Amazon always has great deals for whatever you are looking for. From survivalist and riot gear to beanie babies. Next time you're going to shop at Amazon, use my link. The prices stay the same, but I get credit for the sale. Just go to tinyurl.com slash B And just shop normally, knowing that you're helping support the Crotch Out Radio Show. That's tinyurl.com slash B. Gearheads know that some projects need so many parts, it feels like you need a whole storage unit just to store them. That's what eBay Motors' 122 million parts are for. Think of it as your virtual parts garage. They've always got the right fitment at the right prices. Use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Gearheads know that some projects need so many parts, it feels like you need a whole storage unit just to store them. That's what eBay Motors' 122 million parts are for. Think of it as your virtual parts garage. They've always got the right fitment at the right prices. Use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride.